0: Welcome to On The Spectrum Podcast. I am Nick and that's Steve. Uh, As I always do at the beginning of every episode, I do want to point out as kind of a disclaimer up front, me and Steve do not presume to be Experts of anything whatsoever. Uh, we are just two human beings who happen to be on the autism spectrum and we wanted to give our opinions about things. Uh, yes, we are going to use some foul language and we might talk about things in a controversial way or topics that are a little bit taboo. We might use some language to describe autism or certain things about autism in a way that some people might not like so much, but it's our podcast, so we're going to talk about it the way we want to.
1: Um, let's see, any other. No, no. I like how yeah. Nick has uh, gone on this thing lately, where he introduces me. So he's like, "Hey, I'm Nick, and this is uh, Steve."
0: Well, we couldn't time it very well. It's okay. Any other time we did it. Right. before, it was like, "I'm Nick, Steve." Like, all right. So
1: today, today's topic is uh, myths and misconceptions around
0: ASD. Myths and misconceptions. Uh, so for, first and foremost, with that, with that topic being said, um, what myths do you know about? Let's start with what we already know of these things, and then we'll get to like some websites that I looked up.
1: Well, uh, I know one that I've been asked before, like, so people will assume that I'm really good at something. So they'll (laughs) say like, so what's your thing? I tell them I'm autistic and they're like, oh, what's your thing? Are you like, like, what do you mean? What's my thing? You know, like every autistic person has their thing.
0: Yeah. Like, what are they good at?
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I can solve Rubik's Cubes in two seconds. That's my thing. <laughs> or, uh, All right. I, I do magic uh, card tricks for children. That's my thing.
0: Well, and there, that is kind of a big misconception about people on the spectrum. Uh, because, yes, we fixate on things. And, yes, we obsess about certain things. But, uh, no, not necessarily we are uh, uh savants at anything. no most Wait, you, you can't use that term savant that's offensive, yeah, all right uh so like most people have that that uh, uh media or movie version of it of like uh Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man. and so people are like, well, you got to be really good at something like counting or something technical or. You're really good at computers or something to that effect. And a lot of people are, but I don't know if it's any more or less than the general population that are really good at certain things that they focus on. Right. Uh,
1: How about the uh, myth that uh, vaccines cause autism?
0: Oh, so we already started
1: looking stuff up up again. Uh, I didn't say that. I mean, that's one that we already know. No,
0: it is. It is. It's just, I saw you on your
1: phone. Um, It reminded me of that.
0: So, that was completely debunked at one point. Completely, I don't even understand why it's still. Listen, if you get
1: the MMR, your kid will be MR. That's how it works. That's how it works.
0: He said, "If you get the MMR, your kid will be MR." And and there's no there's no evidence to support the idea that vaccines have anything to do with anything in that regard. Yes, some people still believe it, but there are still people who believe the world is Actually, flat.
1: What's funny is uh, we were just talking about the having your thing. And this list that I pulled up says uh, all individuals with autism have savant abilities. What? No, it says like the myth, but it says truth. While there is a higher prevalence of savant abilities among those with autism, only about 10% of individuals with autism exhibit savant abilities. Some individuals with autism have what are called splinter skills, meaning skills in one or two areas that are above their overall performance abilities. Yeah. Okay. this is from a government document.
0: Yeah. So it didn't matter to the sourceness. It's
1: ADSD is this Nevada? Yeah, okay. Nv.gov. I think it's the state of Nevada as yeah. a list of autism myths. That's really strange.
0: Yeah, well. People with autism can't stand to be touched. Uh well a lot don't. A lot a lot have an issue that they don't want to be touched. Now I will say one thing about that. So it's saying a lot of people do in one direction or another. And that's true. There are people on the spectrum who are extremely talented in one direction. So they do kind of match so that they're good myth. at they're good at boy bands? Yes. They're good at one direction. Um, <laughs> the, so there are people who, on the spectrum, who are who do match that stereotype, right? Uh, who, who are really, really gifted in one direction. Like, they're super good at playing piano, super good at something. But not everybody Baby, on the spectrum is that up, way. I but if you, you think, think play, about it, like... In normies, as we always call them, NTs, uh, they have the same thing. Uh, some are super talented at something. Some are really good at basketball. Some are really good at playing and Some are it. just
1: piles of useless shit.
0: Yes. Some are waste of flesh.
1: Uh, although that's counter to what I've been trying to teach people lately about the whole growth mindset versus fixed mindset. True. Yeah. Everybody can get better if you try. I just like to make fun of people.
0: Yes, we generally do. I mean, we are also comedians. Um, so, I mean, it is, so there is a level of truth to both of those. Well, not the, not the vaccine one. Uh, but there is some level of truth to the idea that, that we're, well, it's just like the old
1: old adage that, um, you know, a lot of stereotypes or thing, you know, uh, prejudices and stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they have a, a source of truth right? that's exaggerated,
0: right? And that's that's generally what it is is an exaggeration. But think about it. If you were somebody who never really met somebody who was on the spectrum or didn't know that you had met somebody on the spectrum, yeah, and the only representation you had was like the good doctor TV show. Oh yeah. Right.
1: That that's that... that's what every autistic person's like, actually.
0: Oh yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, I actually that's once it. I once uh, uh cured someone who was having a heart attack in the airport with a with a ballpoint pen <laughs> and gauze and some grease from the fried chicken that they were serving at the airport that's wait
0: are you are you making the accusation that macgyver was autistic no but he could have been i mean you know i've watched richard dean anderson in some uh interviews uh but that that would be really funny if they remade macgyver for a second time and this time he was autistic
1: (laughs) yeah i've actually never seen macgyver I mean, ever no and the only way oh I, that God. i know of macgyver is because of people making references to macgyver you've never watched that show ever no i'm i'm not that old man i mean when was that when did that show come out like the 80s? 80s yeah i was born in 86 so okay and i was born and in 80. the only way the only reason i've heard of macgyver is because of like cultural pop Re- culture references yeah. to it like in the simpsons and other tv shows you, you
0: didn't even watch the remake no i mean the remake wasn't bad Uh, It was definitely not as good, in my opinion, as the original show. MacGyver. Yeah, I thought it was a great show. I still like watching
1: it. So he can stop someone's heart attack with a piece of bubble gum, some aluminum foil, and a ballpoint pen.
0: You need the ballpoint pen, though. But even even that kind of is an exaggeration of the show, uh, because, yes, he took a lot of like items around him but he also in most of the episodes he also explained the science behind why he was able to do what he did granted i don't know if any of that science is true bullshit to me yeah well it's a tv show so come on
1: all right so what's 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 another myth ah
0: so um well i i will say one thing of uh a a misconception not necessarily a myth but a misconception is is or at least in my opinion a misconception is when people say things like well everybody on the spectrum is different and there is a level of truth that everybody's (coughs) different but no more different than anybody else but there's a reason why we're all on the spectrum there is a reason why we can all say that we're on the spectrum because there are certain traits about us that make us all similar and so to say well we're all different we all have different experiences and we all exist differently it's kind of a misconception that's out there because if it wasn't for certain specific traits that we carry or symptomology, if you will, uh, then we wouldn't say that this grouping of people are all similar in a certain way. And so I actually find it misleading to some people when they have that conversation. I think it's also misleading to people in uh, uh, the autism community because there's a bunch of people who still don't feel like they fit in because that kind of goes around.
1: Nick. Uh, I don't know about you, but I know for a fact that autistic people are a monolith. Okay, are are monolith? Are a monolith? Are a monolith? You've never okay. heard of that? I've heard the term or, monolith before. It means that they're all the same. It's like if uh, you say all black people are X, or all oh. this type of people are, oh. are this, or so. Like for instance, um, the idea that if you are, I, I can't think of a good example that's not offensive, but uh, well, how so about what, for- here's one that conservatives often say. So conservatives uh-huh. will say, like, if there's a, a black person who's conservative, yes, and then people get mad that the black person is a Republican or whatever, right? And then they'll say, oh, well, black people are not a monolith; they don't all have to be Democrats. Like that's that's an idea, of, right?
0: How people work. um well a, a a myth uh well uh, I gotta stop saying myth I guess, but uh, uh I in your terminology um one of those monoliths would be that. W- Everybody on the spectrum uh, doesn't want to have social relationships. That's kind of a myth that we don't want to be social. We don't want to have relationships. And that's actually drastically not true. There is some people who from observation look like they don't want to have people around and don't need other people. But all autistic people are violent. That's that's a you heard that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Who would possibly and have no sense of humor? Oh, the no sense of humor thing I get, though. No sense of humor and,
1: and uh, mm. all violent. We're all violent.
0: Um, well, I mean, to extend this out a little bit further to other uh, mental differences, I guess I want to say in a PC way, um, there's also a misconception about mental health issues that those people are more likely to be violent. And statistics dictate that people on uh, uh, with mental health issues uh, who have mental health disorders... actually less violent than the it's only when you give me a bath in hot water Uh! (laughs) um no like like with uh um glad you got the reference and because it happened recently i'm gonna bring it up because this is part of where i kind of it's on my mind is with the the nashville uh, mass shooter okay uh what a week or two ago yeah um everybody said well they have to have something wrong with them and some people are blaming the fact that the person was trans Um, but a lot of people said, well, they have to have something wrong with them. But statistically though, like mental people, you know, what was wrong with them?
1: What? They probably didn't have enough people in their life who actually showed them any kind of support or validation
0: or love. Right. Which I think has nothing to do with the fact that person's trans. I think it has everything to do with the fact that people just really are not actually supportive of one another. It's not
1: usually surprising when you find out who a lot of these mass shooters are. All the signs are there. It's just no one gives a fuck. Right. It's like you have these people who are um, maybe they're autistic. Maybe they're um, an incel, you know, which means that nobody wants to sleep with them. Whatever. But basically, society has ostracized these people. They treat them like pariahs. Right. And then all of a sudden they shoot up and people go, oh, I can't
0: believe they did that. Yeah. Which, come on. Come on. Uh, Kind of like Adam Lanza when Adam Lanza uh, did the mass shooting in Sandy Hook, Connecticut. Right. Um, a lot of people were like, oh my God, I can't believe he X, Y, Z. I can't believe this happened. Uh, how could nobody have known about it? But the thing about it is like people might not have known about it, but they also were not trying to treat him like a human being. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they were treating him as he's autistic or they were treating him as if he's lesser in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. Personally, I've always liked Adam Lambert a lot better once he started
0: singing <laughs> with, once you start singing with Queen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course you'd say that. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I actually like his music. I didn't think I would. And then all of a sudden, okay, I only started listening to it a couple of years ago. But I actually ended up liking a lot of his music. Yes.
1: Um, you also, you like a lot of those people.
0: Those people, he
1: says. You know, the homosexuals. Yeah. Okay. The people who are part of the community. Wait, no, I got to be careful now because I already got in trouble for talking about homophobia. So...
0: What do you mean in trouble for it? Okay, we made one video. Yeah, for people on
1: Reddit who got upset because yeah. Yeah. Nick was saying homophobia is a stupid term.
0: Yes. and But we also had people who were supporting that too. Yeah. Uh, so what, one thing, like we're going to talk about like uh, things that we fixate on or things that we focus on a great deal. Uh, one of my things is language, which is interesting because I, I have horrible grammar on a regular basis when it comes to how I write but i fix it on words and definitions and and using them appropriately if you will and so one of the things that kind of throws me off quite a bit is this idea of that definitions are so super fluid that they can change on the drop of uh, on drop of a dime uh, that they can just change all the time ever
1: anytime
0: so, somebody feels like changing it
1: i agree with you to a certain extent but you also have to keep in mind that the dictionary doesn't Define language, right? People define language and yes. the dictionary is just a reference. So,
0: because language evolves and changes over time. So in, in that regard, and I can't believe we're straying off topic this far, but I, I need to focus on this for a second because I think it's important for myths and misconceptions is about the definitions. If people define the definition of it but nobody agrees on what the definition of a word is or what it's used for or what it is used to describe then how can we have a conversation about a topic if people aren't agreeing Listen
1: on you're it? preaching to the choir because you know for a fact that I am extremely pedantic. Yes. And I uh you know I got made fun of during the roast we did because of Mm. I I fixated on people using nationality incorrectly.
0: Yes. Yes. You did get picked on for for
1: some reason. It fucking bothers me when people say nationality. Yeah. It fucking triggers me. I don't know why. Because they mean ethnicity. But like they say, oh, what's your nationality? I'm like, American. Like No, no. What's your what's your nationality, though? I'm like,
0: fucking America. I was born here. With what I do for a living, which we're not going to point out what I do for a living this time around, thank God. You mean uh,
1: what is my fucking ethnicity? What's my no, what's my look, race or racial
0: background? That's what you're asking. On. So when when I ask people with what I do for a living during the day, uh, when I ask people, one of the questions I have to ask them is, "What is their ethnicity?" And immediately I hear most people say, "Oh, I'm white," or "I'm Portuguese," or "I'm African American," which. Ethnicity-wise, I think African-American is defined it that way. But when I hear people say, well, I'm black, I'm white, I I asked you your ethnicity, not your race. Yeah. And, like, personally, I think race is something that we need to kind of get rid of because it is just a social concept where we're just segregating people just because. But, and then when I go and ask somebody what their ethnicity is, they go, what? Okay, so where's your ancestry? Where did your, you know, your, your great-grandfather's, second cousin come from you know i mean mean? to be to be fair if you're white it really doesn't matter it does though because like you being not swedish and me being swedish actually does matter because some of those things culturally do get passed down from one generation to another i don't know how much or how severe that is but it does get passed down anyway let let's go back to this miss misconceptions because i think the words and the pedantic thing and the definitions and tie into that because like um, you think you're all uh, instead of Rain Man that you're like Sheldon from the Big Bang. Theory? Right. Right. I mean, and like Sheldon does, in my opinion, and I'm going to restate that in my opinion, Sheldon to me is a lot better of a representation of high function autism than Rain Man. I mean, yeah. granted, and Rain Man does kind of match up quite well, a The bit character too.
1: wasn't written to be no.
0: autistic. It just no. happens to have a lot of autistic traits. Yeah, he essentially got retconned to being uh, autistic later on. But yeah, Chuck Lorre actually said he never intended Sheldon to actually be autistic per se.
1: I don't think that's um, a coincidence. I just think that a lot of the traits that you would associate with that type of character yeah. happen to be the type of traits that people who are high-functioning have. Yes. Those nerdy um people who get hyper fixated on whatever i mean that the character he gets obsessed with with different things like trains his obsession with trains throughout the whole thing yeah his his obsession with his spot so i I feel like it was maybe a subconscious thing like maybe he didn't make the association but like a Mm. lot of the traits that he was giving to the
0: character are
1: autistic
0: well because all the traits that we identify any Uh, anything in the DSM, any mental health issue or any mental health, mental, mental difference of somebody, all of those traits are human traits, meaning all human beings have them, but it's the level of severity or, and I'll say it, the level of dysfunction that it creates in somebody's life. I mean, that's the difference between like somebody having situational depression or having major depressive disorder. Yeah. Is the level of dysfunction it creates. So, like when people hear me on the show talk, say high function, I'm not saying the person is more of a human being or deserves to be treated you are. better than you. You said like, we should throw
1: all those vegetables in a blender and make oh, a smoothie. Jesus. That's what you said.
0: But I'm not saying that somebody who is lower function is lesser of a human being or deserves less rights. She'll hear the way or he is talks less when you're talking capable. What I'm saying with high function, low function is how much assistance that the person needs to be able to get along in life. Like me and you um, are high function autism or what used to be referred to as Asperger's syndrome. And we don't need somebody to be there with us to make sure that we shower, brush our teeth, cook for ourselves, not run into the street.
1: I mean, speak for yourself, Nick.
0: <laughs> well, I'm trying to speak. For I have myself. a live
1: in nurse. OK,
0: you do not. You have a girlfriend. Yeah, my live in nurse who you also sometimes refer to as mom. Okay, that's true. Uh, jokingly, he calls her mom, not in a sick, so, like, so Oedipus kind of way. Here's a couple good ones. Yes.
1: Um, individuals with autism do not feel love. Individuals with autism are unable or unwilling to form meaningful social relationships. Mm. And people with autism are
0: cold and lack empathetic feelings. From an outside perspective, I can understand how somebody would come up with that. Misunderstanding there because from an outside perspective, like we've even said it, people have thought that we were cold, we were distant, we lacked empathy. And so from an observational standpoint, I get why some people might think that. Or
1: that I'm uh, a sociopath. I used to get that. Yeah, I used to get that too. Psychopaths, so even though people probably didn't even know what the fuck the difference is. No, they had no idea. Although I recently learned the major differences between the two. But ooh, tell me all about it. So um psychopaths uh typically they they're indifferent to other people's suffering or pain uh-huh uh where sociopaths that not that's not necessarily true they actually can or do feel bad about doing certain things mm-hmm. but they have a lack of control okay over certain not a complete lack of control but they have a tendency to kind of like act um impulsively mm-hmm. whereas the psychopath is more methodical less impulsive like they typically uh will they're calculated. So you
0: said impulsive. A lot of people are impulsive. Impulsive in what way?
1: Um, they will impulsively do things that hurt them and people around them. Uh
0: so it's not like they'll impulsively buy a Snickers bar, but no. they'll impulsively like punch somebody in the face.
1: Yeah, or uh they they exhibit like bad um social behaviors like uh like yeah, like bullying, things like that can be Although bullies could also be a psychopath, it depends.
0: Right, uh, I, not yeah, all like well, not all
1: bullies are psychopaths, right. but but all uh, so,
0: all psychopaths are bullies.
1: No, but but a lot of bullies uh, they they exhibit some of the behaviors of psychopaths, especially if they're if they're uh, hurting other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're typically less impulsive, at least from what I read. What I was reading about is that they're they're usually not the type to just act impulsively on emotion. They're more calculated. They enjoy manipulating other people or using people to get whatever they want, yeah. and they don't care about hurting people.
0: Right? Do you want me to open a window? I just thought of this.
1: Yeah. Although it was funny, we had a conversation about, um, whether or not like the theory that people like that exist. Yes. As a as uh a function like ah, in the gene pool, right? Because throughout history, you would need people who would be able to, um. Cold the herd without feeling anything about it. So like if you're, right. if you're a psychopath and you're thrown into battle or thrown into mm-hmm. a war and you have to kill people and cut their heads off and you just feel nothing. Like, I guess that would be useful in that situation where you need somebody to be a cold blooded killer.
0: Okay. So based on what you just said, uh, I want you to kind of extrapolate this based on that. What would be the function uh, biologically or, or societally What would be the function of autistic people? Entertainment. <laughs>
1: I mean, you get a laser pointer, <laughs> you shine it on the wall, <laughs> and enjoy.
0: You said for entertainment. Oh, uh, so just,
1: just go into the shed and make a few loud noises. Just watch their head pop up in the window. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can make these jokes because they're my people. So
0: <clears throat> Yeah, that's why we <clears throat> can make these jokes. Um, we made these jokes long before we knew.
1: <laughs> Probably piss some people off. Whatever. Yeah, life
0: happens. Um, well, we're gonna end up offending somebody. It's uh, a joke. Hell, the fact that I keep saying high function, somebody's gonna get pissed Although about it. I would if I had
1: to I, I don't think that autism is a evolution or anything like that. Um, because in many ways it's it's uh what in, in many ways it's it's a disability, it's a hindrance, right? It, but there are uh one of the other myths I was reading about is yeah. that autism is new. Like that it hasn't been around, but it has been around for for, forever. Yeah. And if you were to try to make the argument or plead the case of Mm -hmm. why autism could exist from an evolutionary standpoint. Right. The only thing I could think of is uh, progress, because there are a lot of people who are on the spectrum who have helped move humanity forward when it comes to things like math, science, art. uh, Well, a lot of people on the spectrum are liberals or Democrats. Well, not just politically, but I mean like, like I, I don't I don't I wasn't really speaking politically, but I guess you could say that. but I was thinking more like uh, science and like uh, I don't know if, like I mentioned Tesla. I was making a joke. I don't know if he was autistic or not, but like people like that, you know who he's obsessed and fixated on um the the things he was trying to invent in yeah. his ideas. he also was a visual thinker where right. he would. Um, be able to completely conceptualize and
0: envision and engineer something in his head before he even actually started putting anything together. Right. So when I said liberal, I don't automatically associate progressive and liberal with Democrat, but I I put all three of those because yes, a lot of people on the spectrum are Democrats, but we're also very progressive kind of thinkers uh, in a lot of ways. Like we- Republicans used to be. Well, I was saying because-
1: You could, I wouldn't associate it with Democrats anyway, because Democrats
0: haven't always been the liberal party. Right. Okay. So I really wanted to focus when right. I said all three. I'm Sorry, really that's, on the my, progressive that's my liberal. pedantic coming yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. Uh, Which I, I agree with you. Um, more of the progressive liberal part of it, because we happen to be far more, at least in my opinion and in, in my experience, we happen to be far more accepting, inclusive and understanding of others. So I find us to be far more progressive in that way.
1: Yeah. I too like flow the car insurance lady yeah sorry i just i can't help myself sometimes
0: that's all right that's all right i mean we're doing a podcast and we're entertaining people we have tendency to make jokes i mean granted we're talking about a subject that i take very seriously even though i find a lot of funny
1: autism is caused by poor parenting or refrigerator
0: mothers wait wait, hold on before we go to that one because i do want to talk about that one but i want to go back to the the love and the empathy and all of that
1: we don't have it Nick it's okay you can tell them the truth <laughs> just let them all know because we we so you know how like uh um David Ike cool. and uh David Ike and Alex Jones and all those people they talk about the lizard people the lizard people are real Alex Jones? we are oh, the,
0: the fat
1: we are the lizard guy. people autistic the, the people conservative we stuff. are the reptilians that control everything behind the scenes and we are cold-blooded we don't have emotions. <laughs> we prey on other people and we're actually shapeshifters. So I'm able to I act. I'm actually Hillary Clinton. Like I am. Hillary. Clinton. I shapeshift. Into her for fun.
0: <laughs> we're shapeshifters. Yes. We're the new bad guy. In, uh, have the you ever heard season of season three?
1: Have you ever heard of David Icke? I have no idea who David Icke is. So, <laughs> dude, don't no don't look into it. But he's <laughs> he's a he's a British conspiracy theorist guy who he was the guy who came up with the whole idea that all of the, the people who run the world are reptilians shapeshifters never heard of that well i i did but only because of you um he's considered a a, like a crazy person what do they call it in in a nutter another in the uk they say you're a nutta oh all you right know, like you're crazy. yeah yeah they're calling him crazy yeah because he yeah. he believes that um like uh the royal family and the bushes and the clintons are all reptilian beings oh my god and that there's they're part of the illuminati and all this stuff yeah he's like this jesus but i find that stuff fascinating so i, I like, like to
0: i only know of a lot of these people like alex jones yeah. and him and and like prior to you i'd never heard of ben shapiro and and like Even Jordan Peterson. I I don't know know why I enjoy. Although I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that Alex Jones, Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson believe this reptilian thing. I'm not not, saying all of them are the same people. I get fascinated by people
1: with with weird ideas. You really do. Because I know like I know this is all bullshit, but I can't help. (laughs) I just want (laughs) to hear what this like. What is this crazy theory about uh, the earth being hollow and lizard people living in the middle? And it is that they actually they they predate humanity like basically they were our reptilian overlords (laughs) like wow it's uh, it's almost like
0: Scientology in a way (laughs) but (laughs) so getting back to the love thing though because like that's a really important one to me because a lot of us are accused of having a lack of empathy or a lack of understanding of I just told everybody that we do and I know you just said (laughs) yes because you were kidding but like when it comes to that, I do understand how that misconception about us has come about because from the exterior, that's how we seem. Like when I talk to other people on the spectrum, there are times where I'm like, do you even understand that like the conversation is done? Like move on. Or, or like, do you have any idea how uncomfortable you're making somebody with what you're saying right now? I get that because, well, we, we, don't, we don't have a good understanding of
1: that. Or people so, people think that I never care about what they say, right. or especially since I have a hard time maintaining eye contact typically during, a yeah. uh, so people think I'm not listening or when I am listening that I don't give a shit. Right. And I'm like, no, I do. But like I just don't right. have the same
0: emotional response that you do. Right. Uh, I've always found that, that and, and this could be my own misconception of things, but this is my belief that most of us on the spectrum actually have a much higher emotional quotient than most other people. Um, we have maybe. a hell of a lot of emotion in us.
1: One thing that, um, I actually, that's a stereotype about autistic people that mm-hmm. actually is true for me is <clears throat> I've always had kind of an innate connection and understanding with animals. Okay. Um, so okay. that I was, that's one thing that, um uh, that, that lady we were talking about temple grandin, she talks yeah. about, uh, people who, with certain types of brains or people on the spectrum, uh, understanding animals better mm-hmm. i don't know if there's any truth to that at all but it, i know for me i've always like when i meet an animal dog cat uh bird whatever um i typically bond with the animal pretty quickly and huh. people around me have always pointed out that animals are just drawn to me and i feel like i just get them better like i can read their body right. language and i don't it's not like i've studied it i just like it's one of those things where stray cats have always come up to me right i go to someone's house and uh, they're like, oh, that cat hates everybody. And the cat comes over to me and like, I just, I th- I know for cats in particular that there's certain traits about autism that make them feel comfortable because cats are drawn to people who are um, kind of neutral, okay. calm. If you blink slow, for
0: instance, cats will feel more comfortable around you. If you ne- neutral and calm. Right. And a lot of us have anxiety issues.
1: Uh, but we don't typically show a lot. That's true. What I'm saying. So, but I don't know
0: I, i've always had the opposite reaction like i actually find animals, animals harder to get near really? because they're harder to read
1: i feel like i just naturally understand animals i don't I, know
0: i am much harder like i love dogs now but only because i kind of pushed myself to to kind of overcome my angst if you will about animal about dogs i am, and so now i love them and i love being around them but for a very long time in my life i didn't i was very kind of scared of all animals because I couldn't read them. I didn't know what their intention was. I didn't know what their motives were.
1: If there are any other autistic people listening and you are a cat whisperer like me, leave a comment (laughs) because I'm just wondering how many other people out there uh, um, have the same experience that I have Mm. with animals.
0: Well, um, so I forgot to say this at the beginning. If you like or dislike anything that we talk about in this episode, please leave a comment on whatever podcast uh, uh, service that you use, drop some questions. Tell us some topics you want us to talk about or you'd like to hear us talk about. Or if you're interested in being on the show, drop a line. We'd also like we'll to hear
1: your hate. We love hate mail. We so do. You want to tell us how stupid we are, how bigoted, yeah. how ignorant, um, right. how ugly we are, which you can't see us. But I assure you, we are ugly. Yes. Um, so, yes, yeah, everyone. we want to hear it. We want to hear from you. We uh, want your hate mail.
0: Yeah, we want either one. Because uh, honestly, if I say something or Steve says something that you find it's it's we're perpetuating bad uh, misconceptions or myths, let us know what you think about it. Let us know if you think that we're just completely off base. We would actually enjoy having that conversation. Uh, let, let's go to the next myth or misconception. Well, what about the, re- the refrigerator mom one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll I actually don't know that one very well. So the refrigerator mom one to me was kind of perpetuated and/or created because they wanted to find a reason why they wanted to try to come up with a causality, if you will, for autism. And so they blamed the parent, they blamed the the raising of the child. And to so like the idea, if you just put the kid in front of a TV all day,
1: yeah, and they don't socialize yeah, enough, yeah, that yeah. they're like, going to be refrigerator autistic.
0: Refrigerator mom indicates like didn't give enough love and affection, <clears> so the child learned to not give love and affection in the same way. Yeah. Relatively speaking. And that's complete bullshit. It's complete bullshit Uh, because yes, the way we're raised does impact how we treat others. It does impact who we are as people as we get older, but just because your mom did not give you X amount or what somebody might refer to as a good amount or a bad amount of affection doesn't mean you yourself can't learn to be affectionate and emote to others Uh, And by no means can it change the actual physical structure of your brain in that way. It doesn't change your biology. And there's a ton of research out there that says that folks on the spectrum have a different shape, a different density in parts of their brain. Yeah. And there's no way you can change that through parenting, if you will. I mean, maybe somebody could argue that your brain changes shape or whatever throughout your lifetime. But I, again, not an expert in anything. Uh, I can't imagine that your your basic DNA of the shape of your brain is going to be altered because sure. your mom didn't hug you enough.
1: There's there's two two that I would like to, okay. to cover too. being able to handle something sometimes doesn't mean we can do it all the time.
0: Completely and absolutely agreed. But isn't that true for all humans? Yes, maybe not. I mean, maybe uh, a little bit more severely for us um i mean i'll say this much i i recently uh just the other day was out of spoons uh steve have you heard that term before when it Uh, comes to autism
1: no nick i have never heard that please explain for our audience
0: i was going to explain it for them either way but okay so Uh, i was being a good yeah you you really were and i just thought it was funny the way you articulated it anyway so Uh, The idea of spoons is uh, a concept I heard about and read about uh, a couple of years back that we start off our morning with X amount of spoons. And it's just kind of a way to communicate to somebody that you're kind of running low. So
1: these spoons, um, some of them may be pretty and beautiful spoons. Uh Some of them might be used
0: to cook crystal meth. Uh Uh-huh. Um, uh, and they basically represent our ability, our tolerance in our day, our ability to handle things in our day and, or our, our sensory overload, uh, when we run out. And so I actually had a day the other day where I was just out of spoons altogether and I was bringing my daughter to karate and I already knew I'd run out of spoons that day because I had kind of a stressful day. I had kind of a big deal emotional day because of what I do for a living, and I got to karate with her. I, I was just bringing her to karate. And I just felt like I was completely out of spoons. I didn't want to be around anybody. I couldn't handle noise anymore. And my senses were going crazy. And I just felt a whole lot of stress and anxiety in me. And just. And that's
1: that's when you go to your friend, and, Jack Daniels. And, yeah.
0: Well, a lot of people do. And, but then when I left, I mean, I didn't blow up and I didn't melt down or anything like that. But then I left uh, with my daughter from karate when her class was done. And then I went back to the school because I take karate like an hour later as my class. And when I got there, I just felt already so overwhelmed that I just really couldn't function in class very well. And I couldn't focus on what I was doing. And it was just really hard for me to deal with anything. And granted, anytime I work out or or feel sweat on me, I'm already kind of eh, because of my my tactile issues. Um but then already feeling as if I was out of spoons and then feeling myself sweat and feeling myself exercising and my heart rate going up, it just pushed me even more so. And it was just kind of hard to function. And it almost felt like uh, a panic attack kind of feeling yeah. on me, uh, almost like a trauma response feeling on me. And it was just really hard to function. And then when I got home from class, I, I told my, my fiance that I was just out of spoons and she understood what I meant. And she was like, okay, what can I do for you? And I was like, there's nothing you can do for me. You know that. And so I just needed time away from things and to kind of get out of my head. And that's when I would put on a video game and veg out. Right. Well, which in our community is referred to as stimming. Uh, And that's kind of how we cope. It's kind of how we, you know, comfort ourselves, if you will. And so it's... It was just a bad day. I haven't had a day like that for a long time. You need some some iced tea. Yeah, I mean i I mean I had a cup of coffee because that's something that kind of calms me down. Is coffee? I love coffee.
1: You see the guy who did the song "Good Day" or whatever.
0: Good Good Day. I don't know. I was what? trying to make a joke. It didn't work. Well, yeah. All right.
1: So, yeah. um Before we wrap up this particular episode.
0: Oh, we're already at that point.
1: I don't know. I think we are.
0: Oh, uh, all right. Do, do you really feel we're there?
1: <clears throat> Before we wrap up okay. there's the biggest myth of all biggest myth of all yes yeah autism can be cured
0: oh that oh, um one and that actually goes with the the idea that autism is a disease and no it is not and can it be cured no and even if we could find a cure <clears throat> for it why would we
1: yes there is a cure it's called eugenics nick ah! And Uh, we don't need that old fashioned advocate, that old fashioned uh, Margaret Sanger eugenics. We need (laughs) not that old fashioned Hitler (laughs) eugenics, modern eugenics, where you can actually pick out your child's genes. That's the future, Nick. No Uh, one's going to choose to have an autistic child.
0: If there was a cure, and I'm not saying that we should cure autism because I do not believe in curing autism, I don't believe it's a thing to cure. You
1: ever hear that? this is I know I know how you feel about this already, but oh, I'm going to bring it up anyway. Yeah. You ever seen that TED Talks with the guy who has Down syndrome? No. So there's a TED Talk. Uh-huh. I thought I talked to you about this before. There's right. a TED Talk of this guy who has Down syndrome. Uh-huh. And he was talking about how <clears throat> he doesn't like the idea of people being able to pick what genes their kids have. Yeah. Because he wouldn't exist. Right. And his kid, his parents didn't choose to abort him. They didn't choose to do all these other things. They chose to have him. Right. And he doesn't, even though he knows that he has limitations uh-huh. or that he's struggled because of having Down syndrome. Yeah. He still thinks that his life is valuable and that he has the right to exist.
0: I, and I agree with both of them. His life does have value and he does have a right to exist. I, I actually am not a big fan of the fact that we can alter genetics and allow people to... Taylor but it's, it's controversial because a lot of people probably wouldn't want to have a kid with Down syndrome. They probably wouldn't, but they probably wouldn't <clears throat> want to have a non-verbal autistic kid
1: either. At the same time, I still felt a lot of sympathy yeah, for him because I'm like, yeah, shit. I mean, he's up there basically saying, so you're saying that I don't have a right to exist. Right. And what do you say to that when you're looking someone in the face? And it's like, yeah, I know I have Down syndrome, but right. And obviously he was he had Down syndrome. But he was at
0: a level where he could right. And I I will say in that regard, like if and I I guess I can kind of understand why why maybe a parent would kind of go in that direction or want to go in that direction, because if you had the way to make sure that your kid had the best chance possible at a less stressful uh, non struggle in life or minimize the amount of struggle they're going to have in life. Why wouldn't you? In on a pra- in a practical way or a very logical way, it makes sense. But at the same time, do you have the right to decide what struggles, what issues, and and what your kid's going to go through? I don't think you have that right. Uh, I mean, people are going to do it. Um, but like for me, there have been struggles in my life that are due to autism and bipolar. Uh, yes, there has been issues that I've gone through that were really hard for me because of those things or uh, those things at least contributed to it. But would I give up any of those to be a different person? And no, because those things have also provided me a lot of good things in my life too. And they've also been advantages at times in my life. Uh, So I, I I don't like the idea of custom tailoring your children like that um i mean some of the some of the issues that we go through as autistic people could if our parents were better knowledgeable or more knowledgeable or or better trained or skilled in people with autism or autism traits or things like that could we all have a little bit more fruitful or successful or or satisfying lives maybe but once we become adults once we have the ability to make choices for ourselves it's up to us to kind of make our life what it's going to there, be. There are us. there
1: are so many ethical questions when it comes there to is. being able to because not only not only is it like obviously people are going to choose the best traits, quote unquote the best yeah. traits for their kids, they want them to be the smartest, the strongest, right. the tallest, whatever. But think about the people that are going to be able to afford it.
0: Oh, versus oh yeah. So
1: wouldn't that create an even it. wider gap between uh people who are on the lower income spectrum yeah. and the people who are higher income uh they're already doing well and then oh well all of my kids are fucking you know stephen hawking level geniuses right. who are
0: athletic gods at the same time right and uh, you're right you're right i mean essentially we would create like one of those dystopian stories of, you have like, hitler's master race yeah like it was, it was all these rich aryan kids with
1: yeah. uh like bulging arnold schwarzenegger muscles and. Right. Stephen Hawking
0: IQs. Well, if you think about that, too, though, that also means that we're also going to have have less variety in people, which means we're also going to have less understanding of differences. Well,
1: uh, other ethical questions, right? Like, uh-huh. um, what if you could choose your kid's race? What if you could choose your kid's? Um, I don't know. There's lot like there's lots of weird things like it just opens up a, a can of worms that I don't think as human beings we were ready for.
0: I also don't think we should be able to do it. I don't think we should do it we need to have difference i mean i'm a big fan of pointing out the similarities we all have as human beings just because was i was like actually to focus on that for understanding and, and for inclusion but i i absolutely believe that if we it you know without that difference we also wouldn't have some of the progress that we've had, some of the creative ventures that we've had, some of the art, some of the movies, some of the acting, some of the music that we've had because of those differences, because of the struggles somebody had to go through and they came out of it I, and they were able to create
1: that. That was kind of what, when we were talking about earlier, as far as all people with on the spectrum throughout history who have helped right. advance yeah. society forward a bit. And I think... Um, Actually, the I had read something about this on Reddit about how certain people want to eradicate autism, which is kind of related right. to curing or being able to choose your child's traits. Um, it's inspired me. I would like to write a story at some point about maybe a world where that happens. You know, what if everybody's perfect and it takes somebody who's maybe on the spectrum or a little bit different, who is not genetically, maybe they're made the old fashioned way, you know. Couple mm-hmm. of uh morons rolling around on the sheet spitting out a baby. And that baby <laughs> who is not chosen, who doesn't have their traits chosen, changes the world somehow, or maybe is able to see things that the rest of the, the Borg hive collective can't <laughs> see because everybody's all uh the same, yeah. you know? And I thought that would be an interesting concept for like a a book
0: or a show yeah. or something. Oh, there. it would be. Um I just I just thought of this like if we think about this this genetic trimming, if you will, this customization of our the genetics for our kids, it's essentially ethnic cleansing in a way. Like it's a similar concept. Like we're essentially weeding out all of the things you're that saying we don't that they're like. no better than Rwanda, yes, uh, yes, <laughs> uh, I will completely make that statement like, I mean, it if we if we think about all the things that create, a greater level of struggle or stress or, or difficulty in somebody's life. If we eliminate all of them from a genetic level, like nobody would struggle anymore, but we wouldn't have some of the populations that we have.
1: Here's one for you. What if you could eradicate whatever it is that makes people pedophiles?
0: You're saying, would I do that? Yeah. What if you could take that out of the gene pool? Wow. Way to take this from a supporting minimized uh populations into like i'm trying to think of hard questions place. well it is kind of right in your because why would you want your would child
1: I, to be that why yeah. would you want your child to go through that because I mean, obviously even right. if they're not acting on it it still must be fucking terrible existence to be attractive right. to kids and you can't do anything
0: about it right i mean i you're actually posing a really good question because would i want that trimmed out of genetics and and existence yes it would i've got four children and even if i didn't have kids i still wouldn't want other kids to be hurt by that and you're saying what if it's a person who's a pedophile who never acted on it they're just attracted to kids i still think we should get rid of that in that person too not out of fear that they will act on it at some point but just ladies and gentlemen nick mengala over here wow really (laughs) a nazi reference huh
1: yeah Nick I always
0: make fun of you because you make a lot of Nazi references and now you're proving it.
1: Well, so my obsession when I was a teenager was yeah. history. Yes. And actually when I was in college, I was studying history was I was my major. I wanted to teach history. Mm. I'd so that's why I make a lot of Nazi references. Yes. Cause I was fascinated by world war II. because, uh, well, I mean the Nazis are just so fascinating. Not, not that like, uh-huh. I don't obviously I'm not, I don't like the Nazis, but just yeah. like the fact that there was like all this weird, um, what do you call it? Like the occult stuff is just fucking yeah. weird. Like this, this government was into a cult and then yeah. just weird shit.
0: I mean, they were also horrible to people, but some of the things that they were, some of the ways that they mistreated people, like some of the medical experiments that they did and, and things like that. Uh, here we go. They also Nazi apologist people. I am not <laughs> apologizing for Nazis. <laughs> uh okay. Nick, I'm going to stop that. This statement.
1: episode is brought to you by Zyklon B.
0: Oh my God. <laughs>
1: Go ahead explain to people what that is well nick nick actually uh owns stock in the pesticide industry oh my goodness no zyklon b was the chemical they used to gas the jewish people during the holocaust well, guess
0: people yeah because it wasn't just no jewish it was people. used
1: for primarily for rats i think
0: wasn't it yes Lice. it was and they used it to kill yeah. people in concentration camps which were yes predominantly jewish people but there were also other people in those concentration like camps, like people with well. the tism People with the autism, people with any mental health, people issues, with the with the gay, uh, a- gay people, anybody who would have identified as LGBTQ, um, any different races, any different race. That, no,
1: like, that's impossible because autism didn't start until the 70s when people were watching television every day, apparently, and yeah. also transgender wasn't a thing back then either. So supposedly, yeah, yeah, according to some, there were no, there may be some G's and, and L's, but
0: nothing else at that point. Supposedly, it was a very small uh, alphabet. Uh, it, except for somebody once told me that the Marquis de Sade, yeah. uh, that, that guy who was, who was very, um, sexually experimental, uh, let's call him, uh, somebody actually once told me that, uh, he would be, uh, identified as a transgender nowadays. Oh. As somebody who would be transgender now. Okay.
1: Uh, is that based on the DSM or?
0: No, no, no. Uh, uh this wait, is no, a,
1: is that, that's not in the DSM anymore, right? What? Transgender? G-
0: gender dysphoria? Yes, there. it is. It's still there. I thought uh, they took it up actually i got to look 100 uh, percent i gotta look that up well no because there's also a difference between at least from what i understand there's a difference between gender dysphoria and transgender
1: Right. that's what i'm saying it yeah. used to be that's what the diagnosis was if you're right. trans was gender dysphoria but yeah, i thought yeah. they changed it or removed it because of the like you know where things have gone Sidely, no, you're, you're making
0: a valid point. I'm actually gonna look it up real quick, uh, to see if it's still in there because I thought it was. Um,
1: this episode is brought to you by Woody Strap Ons.
0: <laughs> uh, dysphoria is a term that describes a sense of unease that a person may have because of a mismanagement of bone. That sounds uh, dumb. Uh ladies and
1: gentlemen, Nick is Googling in real time. Yes, I am. I, uh, might, oh, I might
0: a concept uh designated in the DSM 5TR as clinically significant distress or impairment related to gender incongruence, meaning in your head one, physically body, different. Um yeah, so it's still there. It's oh, okay. still there. Um, I don't know how they would differentiate between the two, but somebody figured that out. And What's a gender does, but then again, that would also be one of those misconception things because I bet you people who aren't trained in psychology, who are not diagnosticians <clears> for uh, psychological uh, mental health stuff, I'm betting money a bunch of them are like, ah, oh, gender for right. is still in there. All those people, you know. But most of those people are also so, assholes about Bud Light now too. Make a
1: long story short, you cannot cure autism.
0: No, no, you cannot, and nor should you. However, cure autism. Before we leave. Well, hold on. I just thought of this. I just said, no, you shouldn't cure it. But anybody who's got a a child who uh, is lower function or who needs assistance the rest of their life uh, in the sense of like a caretaker or live with their parents for the rest of their life because of it, um, would that parent maybe want a cure for their child? Probably because both the parent and the child probably have a great deal of struggle and, and uh, stress in their life because of it. A great deal of dysfunction, if you will. And so they might actually. I mean, me, you don't think so. And people who are on our part of the spectrum. So people who can listen to this podcast. Listen, stop and- trying to be
1: serious and empathize with people. okay. Jesus. I was trying to make a joke here. I know. I was going to say before we go. All right. Yes, sir. There is no cure for autism. There However, yes, I have in my hand an elixir. It was given to me. <laughs> and Nick is going to drink it. This elixir can cure autism. It's made from a collection of rainwater from the Amazon. uh, Ayahuasca. It's got some glacier ice in it and uh, several components from the MMR vaccine. And Nick is going to drink this and we will get back to you. We'll show you the results in three weeks.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's going to work. Pretty sure it's going to work. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to our episode. As always, we appreciate it. And one more time, I'm going to say, if you agree or disagree with anything you heard, please leave a comment, ask some questions, argue with us for all we care. (laughs) Post some topics for us to cover in other episodes. If there's a topic we brought up today that you want us to cover a little bit more thoroughly, feel free. Also, if you are on the spectrum, if you are uh, an autism advocate, if you are somebody who works with an autism organization uh, and you'd like to be on the show, you'd like to talk about some things, you'd like to argue with us, please drop us a line and we will have you on the show.
1: Yes. And don't forget, if you are the parent of a new child, do not get the MMR vaccine. (laughs)
0: Or get it and realize it's not going to hurt them. Yeah. Uh, either way. Uh, either
1: way. This this episode has also been brought to you by Jenny McCarthy.
0: Oh Jesus! Really? That's what you're going to go with?
1: All right. All right.
0: Bye. Bye, everybody.